at the end of the day, I think it's a reminder to question our intention and remember why it is that we're doing what we are doing. And it's such a great reminder and it's so needed. And it is a practice just like anything else we do when we show up. Why are we showing up? What are we offering? Where is it coming from? Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wisdom Wisdom Wednesday. Wednesday. (laughs) I was watching your face to see how we wanted to say that one. (laughs) I I have all this baby hair growing in right now. Look at this. I love it. I love your baby hairs. I know. I got to tame them down, but you know what? They're new and they're free and we just got to let them do whatever they need to do. Embrace the baby freeze. Freezies. I, know. I don't know if you've heard of this company called Vegamore. I have, but have yeah, right? It? Yeah. Yes. I started doing it just a couple of weeks ago and I don't know if it's psychological or the placebo effect, but I'm really feeling <gasps> like my hair is growing a lot. Ooh, that's fun. I wonder if there's a way to measure... I mean, you can visually see it, I guess. I mean, I guess you can visually see it, but is there a way to measure? Yeah, I don't know. Could you, I guess... Time-lapse yourself? Yeah. Ooh, what a fun idea. Time-lapse your head. I wonder if I can set up a GoPro on the ceiling and just like... So weird. I don't know. Maybe maybe I guess with the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it like... What is the name of the company again? Vegamore. Vegamore. Do they say like a certain time period for hair growth? Yeah, I think typically they say like three to six months for you to start to see something. Okay. So maybe like monthly. Oh, like do a monthly A monthly photo. Okay. I'm going to do that. You could stand with your back to Tori with your hair down. Yes. And he could take a picture of the back of your head. And just kind of like see how it goes. Okay. Have you been watching the the videos I've been posting on the monarchs? They're almost all, they've almost all left the nest. Oh my gosh. Your babies. I know. How do you say this in Spanish? La madre de los y las monarcas. I would say las monarcas. I always get the los and the las mixed up. Yeah, Tori does too. It's so hard. The masculine and feminine. Because some words don't match Yes, the what you would think would be masculine or feminine. Yes. You know? It's very uh, strange and bizarre. I don't understand sometimes. Well, I'm anyway. glad I'm not alone. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> here, here we are. I love that we just start off right away. I know that you have a topic that you want to discuss. Yes. And I'm really excited about it because I feel like it is absolutely important to talk about happiness frequently. 100%. Yeah. Especially when there's a lack of it. Yeah. Well, we can, it's so easy. I mean, we've talked about this before, how the default of the mind is to kind of go to the negative or think yes, of the worst case scenario. Right. Or what's better. This yeah. would be better. Grass is greener, et cetera, yes. et cetera. <laughs> yeah. So you Give me heard an example us- of the grass is greener 
for you? Oh, you know, like scrolling, the easiest one, Instagram posts, right? Oh, that person has more likes than me. That person has more followers. That person's got beautiful, luscious hair or whatever it is. Speaking of hair. Yeah, we're talking about hair. And then you're immediately comparing yourself to somebody else and you have no idea what their life is actually like because a picture is flat and you can't see the context behind the situation and you don't know the ebbs and flows of a daily existence. And we're all human beings. We all have ups and downs and we we all react to things in, in certain ways. So you just never know. You never know what's going on in someone else's life, even if it looks happy on the outside. Right. So deep. It is really, I'm like sitting here really thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting, I find for myself, I can absolutely relate to exactly what you're saying. And for me, it is also scrolling and just seeing everything that I'm not doing. And I wrote about it in the book, right? Mm -hmm. Where comparison is the biggest joy kill. And it's a quick way for us to start to feel bad about ourselves. I also feel that it's important for us to have integrity in what we're posting or doing or talking about or creating Mm -hmm. and how sometimes I go into the state where I feel the lack thereof and some people maybe that I follow where it feels very, I don't know, disingenuous. And Mm -hmm. I'm allergic to people or things that are disingenuous because that's just not the way that I grew up or the way that I am. And I just feel like it's perpetuating more of that. I just wish that people would be more transparent Mm. and they would be a little bit more honest. And I know that you can't get a full insight into somebody's life on an Instagram reel or a short TikTok video or a post. It's curated. Yeah. We get to curate exactly what we show you because we want to relay a certain message. I mean, I learned all of this when I was going to college for marketing, Mm -hmm. right? It was what exactly are you wanting your consumer to buy? What are you selling? And in a way, I understand that, especially as entrepreneurs, like you want to be able to make money, you want to be able to be successful and drive more business. Totally understandable. I get it. I love business. I love to be able to create content or to create programs for people to learn more, to get more connected to who and what they truly are, what their gifts are, and so on. But at the same time, I feel like there's just a saturation of people selling items or lives that aren't fully integrated. And I Mm -hmm. feel like it does the public a huge disservice because Mm -hmm even though it's on us to be able to discern the difference between somebody's happy life or somebody's non-happy life, it's still false advertising. Hmm. And it still gets into our psyche, whether we know it's real or not. Like Photoshop, for example, or seeing pictures that are highly doctored. Yeah, When you find out, oh, they totally doctored that picture. That person actually doesn't look this way or they used a Facetune app or whatever it may be. I have no problem with people using filters. Do you, boo? Like, all good. I've done it. I've definitely smoothed out my skin a couple of times. But for the most part, like, it just, to to me, if you're selling a beauty product, for example, and Mm -hmm. you're Photoshopping your skin, I I can't really see what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't really see 
if the product that you're telling me to get so I can look like you is actually working. And I feel like that same analysis can be applied to certain breath work techniques or mindfulness techniques or certain practices where are you really practicing what you're selling or are you just selling this program because it's trending right now Mm -hmm. and you did a quick 12-hour course over the weekend and now you're selling this $10,000 mastermind on it. Yeah, that feels definitely a little (laughs) bit not so integrated. But also I think what I think of when when I see people doing stuff like that is maybe it's not so trustworthy, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, if you can't be honest and straightforward with the product that you're using and the result that you're getting, then can I trust it? And so I always think about like the way that we interact with each other on a a basic human communication level. If we are forthright and direct in our conversation and more likely to trust you, even if it feels like that might be a little harsh, it might maybe hurt my feelings because what you said wasn't kind of layered with the softness of maybe giving me a compliment that I'm fishing for something along those lines, but I always prefer the direct, honest communication because at least I know then where I stand with this person or this product and I know what to fully expect. So I have that full context and and I don't have to read between the lines. It's almost like a person who shows up passive aggressively and you're like, well, what's the real intention underneath this? Yes. Uh, There's way too much brain power that goes into figuring the reality of the situation out. That seems unnecessary, right? Why do Mm. we need to spend our time on that? It's scary to tell the truth to people because we want to be liked. Yeah. We want to be successful. We want to sell our product. If we're an entrepreneur, we want to grow our business. So I think that's one of those things that can hold us back from being honest. Yeah. Right? No, it's true. And look, that's the other thing. I guess specifically I'm talking about entrepreneurship or people that are mm-hmm. business owners or you have a a trade that you that you do or a skill that you have. A lot of the times it's part of our branding to share the truth mm-hmm. or to be honest. And I think that sometimes I don't think that being fully open is always a good thing either. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like it just really depends on the type of person you are. If you're somebody that values your privacy and sharing something very sensitive that perhaps you haven't fully integrated yet in a public forum might actually be detrimental to your mental health and your mental well-being as opposed to somebody that has built a platform and a brand sharing honest truth all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't even know how we got on this topic, but I hope that it relates to the topic that you wanted to discuss. Oh, I think it does 100%. And let's talk about it. So what what I've been reading and thinking a lot about lately is The Art of Happiness at Work. This is an actual book. It was written by the Holiness, the Dalai Lama, and Howard C. Cutler, MD, who we actually got to meet, Rosie. Yes, Dr. Cutler. Yes. At World Happiness Summit. Yeah, at World Happiness Summit in Miami. And 
it left a deep impression on me. Not By only, the way, it's the first time that Tessa saw me geek out. And I think about that and I'm like, oh my God, I wonder if Tessa thinks I'm a freak. I'm totally, no I literally way. had a celebrity freak out moment. It was beautiful and inspiring. <laughs> and one of those things where we're all just human beings walking each other home. You know, this is true. We all want to turn back the clock sometimes. For some, it's vanity, others just to relive those glory days. For me, I would love to wake up every morning with zero brain fog, a clear mind, and just be as energized as I was when I was in my 20s. Granted, now I take way better care of myself and I try to avoid anything that's going to toxify my body. So I try to stay away from sugar and too much caffeine. But thanks to First Person, I can take a more active role in my brain's overall health. First Person supplements are made with functional mushrooms that aim to stimulate the body's natural production of specific neurotransmitters that trigger activities like energy, mood, and sleep. Grown and formulated in the U.S. exclusively by expert mycologists, First Person uses the highest quality organic 100% pure grain and filler-free mushrooms. You all know that lately I've been really loving this wind-down routine. I listen to my Calm app, I have this ritual, I take a bath, or if I take a shower, I just take that moment to start to wind down. And I've been using the Moonlight Supplement to really help me get that restorative sleep that I need. So start improving your brain health and cognition with First Person. Get 15% off of your first order by going to getfirstperson.com and use the code LOVED. That's G-E-T-F-I-R-S-T-P-E-R-S-O-N dot com and use the promo code LOVED for 15% off of your first order. Getfirstperson.com, use the code LOVED. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I feel like I've been waiting my entire life to finally have a vitamin that's actual real food. GEM is the first real food, whole food multivitamin. GEM daily essentials come in bite-sized cubes that provide a comprehensive blend of over 15 superfoods, botanicals, probiotics, vitamins, minerals, and more concentrated in a tasty bite. The Gem Bite is your first true non-synthetic multivitamin alternative featuring only plant ingredients and delivering over 15 key vitamins. Gem is not synthetic. It is a real food that is fully absorbed by your body for maximum bioavailability and to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet. It's not a pill. It's perfect for anyone that may have difficulty swallowing pills. It's a tasty bite that is concentrated with superfoods, herbs, probiotics, prebiotics, and algae that are often not found in the average multivitamin. Gem ingredients are designed to work together in perfect synergy. So each bite is more the sum of its parts to help boost your mood, energy, brain function, and more. And right now, for all erratically loved listeners, you can get 30% off of your first order when you go to dailygem.co slash loved. That's dailygem.co forward slash loved. You can get 30% off of your first order. That's dailygem.co forward slash loved. Do you guys remember last year when I got really sick and all of my hair fell out because I was really stressed out? Well, 
It's been an ongoing process of trying to nurture this girl back to health. And thanks to Vega Moore, not only am I finally seeing results, but I am finally getting the hair I've always wanted. Vegamore has transformed my hair. Their holistic approach to hair health uses smart botanicals that promote visibly thicker, fuller, and longer looking hair. Vegamore has something for everyone. The Grow Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Kit works together to create visibly thicker hair and improve hair from the roots. So just massage the shampoo into your scalp for 60 seconds and then follow up with the conditioner. And for me, this is definitely something that I can do every day. Vegamore also offers a 90-day money-back guarantee, but with 91% of the customers saying that they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months, you won't want to run out of this stuff. So get the hair you've always wanted with Vegamore. Go to vegamore.com forward slash loved and use the promo code loved to save 20% off of your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com forward slash loved and use the promo code loved to get 20% off. That's vegamore.com forward slash loved. I love that someone like Howard Cutler can show up and inspire. It was almost like the giddiness, the the childlike giddiness of, of being around someone like that. It's really cool to see those human moments, and it's very inspiring. And I just—he's a very intelligent man, very smart man, but also just so precious. Listening to him talk, it was just so precious, right? So this book, as we're talking about entrepreneurship, as we're talking about you know building a business with integrity, I always go back to this idea of okay, how do I make money? in an integrous way. What it is, what is it that I'm selling and why why am I selling it? So, I love this quote from the book if you would indulge me. I want to oh, just please. read a short please, little quote. Yes. Um, this is from page 60. So, in the final analysis, even in the case of someone who pursues money just for the sake of more money, there is still somewhere in the depth of his or her mind the belief that this is somehow going to make him or her happier. The ultimate motivation still is to promote one's greater happiness. So this is, I mean, it's layered, it's nuanced, it's its deep. But at the end of the day, I think it's a reminder to question our intention and remember why it is that we're doing what we are doing. And it's such a great reminder and it's so needed. And it is a practice just like anything else we do when we show up. Why are we showing up? What are we offering? Where is it yeah. coming from, this desire? And remembering that like you, you're going to reach this level of success and have arrived at some particular goal, are you really going to be happier then when you're making that X dollar amount of money or if that's the goal? Are you really going to be happier then? I don't know. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Wow. I, you know, I, God, this is so, it's hard because it, whether it's at work or whether it's your personal life, it requires a deep level of self-appraisal mm-hmm. and self-recognition because ultimately it's what the Dalai Lama teaches mm-hmm. and what he talks about is too much ego will cause you to suffer mm-hmm. low self-esteem which is on the opposite end of the spectrum will create suffering so you have to find that balance between that middle path 
where you can honestly assess where you are and why you're doing what you're doing and to be fluid like water because when you are behaving or you come from a state of rigidity of thinking, oh, I have to make X amount of dollars in order for me to find happiness or when this thing happens, then I'll be happy when I have the right partner, when I have the right yeah, career or the X amount of followers or whatever. Yeah. We start to externalize our happiness, our contentment, our ability to integrate those moments that are designed for us to build strength, Mm -hmm. like the suffering or the depressive states or not achieving some sort of accolade. Mm -hmm. You know, right after the book, I mean, it's still right after the book. The book just came out a couple of months ago, right? Mm -hmm. It's been two months. And I have a little bit of postpartum, right? Mm -hmm. There is a little bit of that so much is going on. There's so much, so much, so much uh, interviews and and answering questions and doing Instagram lives and creating content. And it's a lot. It's like too much. It's not the norm, yeah. right? So then not fe- having these high, because I'm a high achiever, right? Like I, I love to have goals. I love yeah. to have high expectations. And it's almost like I understand there's a sadistic quality to that because- Sometimes it's just not going to happen. There's just certain goals that are a little bit of a long shot, and we all know it, and it's totally fine, right? Mm-hmm. Like getting on the New York Times, like it is very difficult to make it on the New York Times, I understand. And some people have mentioned it's a very political game, and, mm-hmm. and it's there's a system, and there's all this stuff. I totally get it, and I by no means even felt like it would be a option but it's still there, right? There's still this idea, this this high standard of achievement that if you don't get to it, the reason why I say there's like this sadistic thing that happens where we can all relate to this in some way, shape, or form. We have this idealized version of what happiness is mm-hmm. and what it's going to feel like. And so a practice actually that I learned from Rod a long time ago, many, many years ago, we would do this practice of bhavanizing or visualization where it's uh, like sankalpa, right? When you mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. this sankalpa is like a intention, the highest vow to yourself of achievement. Mm-hmm. And there's all of these different types of practices that you do. You write it down, you create time segments throughout your day, month, or a year, you commit to a time frame and you really just commit to focusing on it. Think about it like the power of attraction or the law of attraction, power of manifestation type of thing. But the beauty of that practice is there is a lot of visualizing of the feeling of what it's going to be like when it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, I don't need to be on the New York Times to have the feeling of excitement and ecstatic energy, even just thinking about it. Like, Mm -hmm. ooh, that's fun. Or the excitement of me saying, finding that perfect partner or publishing your first 
book with a big publisher or getting your book proposal done or launching that podcast and having it be on the top of the charts. You know, all of those feelings. It, some people might say, okay, for example, if if you have a desire to write a book, like I have a book here that I'm holding yeah. that I wrote, that I spent the time to create. And I will tell you in, in my mind and in my energy, it was a lot more fun to visualize and to think about it than to actually do it, right? <laughs> right? Yes. yes. And, <laughs> and I, I understand that now and have integrated that into many different areas of my life. Mm. For example, planning a wedding, or doing <laughs> planning any type of you know yeah. we're we're working currently on a big project right now for radically loved for the business as an offering for mm -hmm. the community that is going to require a lot of time and energy and it's like the visions that i have of how this is going to impact people's lives is grand you know mm -hmm. whether i achieve it or not i have no idea i have no control right yeah and most of us don't. So I'm a big fan. I'm a dreamer. And so are you, Tessa. I know you are. We, we like to have these 100%. discussions. And, <laughs> yes. And I think we need to value that energy more. And I'll go back and I quote yeah. my dear and beloved mentor, Stephen Kotler, who, by the way, has a new book out. We're going to be interviewing him here on the podcast. But if you haven't picked up his new novel, definitely pick it up. So we'll have to add the link to the show notes. And the only reason why I'm taking a long time to say what I'm saying is because I want to make sure that I get the title correct. He is such an incredible writer. It's called The Devil's Dictionary. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend. Tori and I are, we just started it. And oh, it's something that we're doing together. And I can't wait for everybody to check it out. But the thing that Stephen tells me all the time, and I feel like it's a recorder ongoing, is that high that you think you're going to get when you achieve the thing mm -hmm. is not real. I mean, it doesn't happen that way. Mm -hmm. It's happening as you're thinking about it. Yeah. So it's almost like that experience that you want, that's how you energetically attract it because you're thinking about it now in the present moment. And, and in my experience, that is how you manifest. That's how you become a, a magnet for manifestation. That is where the art of intention comes in, where the law of attraction really works because you're in this frequency. It's almost like in Ayurveda, when you're out of balance, you're always going to crave more of the imbalance, right? When you're mm -hmm. off, it's just, you're going to perpetuate more of the same. When you say things like when it rains, it pours, or all you're looking for is mistakes in somebody else's work, you're going to keep finding it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As opposed yeah. to thinking, okay, no, I can achieve this level of happiness, or I can create this project, or I can work on myself and build a life that is sustainable for me to create things in the long term. And and what is this thing that we do too? I'm curious to get your opinion on it. But I feel like what is this timeline thing that we put on ourselves, right? Oh, it has to be, we have to do it before. I have to do it before I'm 30. I have to do oh, it before man. I'm 40. Right. I have to do it by the time I turn 45. Yeah. We just keep increasing the timeline where it's like, why? Why do we yeah. do that? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that's such an interesting question, and I I have no idea what the actual answer is, but I would ponder to make a guess <laughs> that it's heavily impacted by cultural norms. So depending on where in the world you live, what the cultural expectation is of you, and how your family believes in that, how your role models growing up believe in that. So like if your mother and your father got married young and the expectation is that you get married young too, maybe maybe you feel the pressure on your shoulders, even though perhaps your parents have never told you that you have to do this thing. It's just like we model the behavior that we see as children. So I feel like that's got something to do with it. And I also think that these narratives that we we buy into and we believe about all of these shoulds, these benchmarks, these, these timelines, they often go unchecked as, is that something I actually want? Is that something I actually have to do to, to have a, a successful life? And if we just kind of pause for a moment, oftentimes, and ask ourselves this question, then we realize... We give ourselves space, number one, to take a breath, take a beat, and actually check in and acknowledge that that I do have some choice in this matter. So one example that I love is of, I always have this construct in my mind of, um, if I want to be a writer or an author, I had to have done that younger. I had to have studied that in college. I had to have gotten an MFA in creative writing to be any good at that, right? But there are all kinds of examples of writers out there who come into that profession much later in life, 45. I just learned about a a woman writer who decided she wanted to write her life story in her 80s, and it just published in her 80s. Yeah. I mean, so like number one, it's never too late And number two, the power of dreaming and imagination. And I don't even, that's not consecutive in that order. Like those two things are like, you can't even compare. But the power of dreaming and imagination and starting that, fostering that young as a young child and and stoking that flame throughout our adult life, because so many of us dim that imagination and dreaming as we head off into the workforce, I think it's just so important to return to that. And when you were talking about visualization and that technique you learned from Rod, I had this memory I forgot about that I want to share, which is I grew up dancing. So I was in tap and jazz since I was a little five-year-old. And our <laughs> our teacher, Mary Cutter, I can see her so clearly. She was the best. She would tell us before a recital when we'd be so nervous, she would say, okay, when you go to sleep tonight, visualize yourself moving through the steps of your routine, your sequence. Just visualize it over and over again. If you can't sleep, visualize it over and over again. Eventually, you'll fall asleep. Just trust that that is an integrated knowing that you have in your physical body because you've been practicing this routine for months and you're ready. And your body knows it. So it's a matter of like the visualization of that, the knowledge that you've practiced it. So it's integrated into your body. And then when you go to show up and actually do the performance or do the work, everything kind of clicks. And I think that's where part of that flow state comes in. The ability to imagine, the ability to be steadfast in our practice and consistent in our practice, and then boom, we're able to perform. And I say boom, like it's (laughs) simple. And I think sometimes, yes, it is simple, but that doesn't make it easy to do, right? Yes. 
Yes. That being said, I invite everybody who's listening to this right now to think about what those questions are for yourself or what are those thoughts? What are those goals? What are those items that you can really visualize and think about to create that level of excitement and joy and continue to practice self-compassion. It's important to also give ourselves the time and space. There is no timeline for happiness. You don't want to rush things to go through. I mean, what is there to rush to? The end, ultimately, I've done that practice before too. It's like, where are we trying to get to? You're trying to get to the end because that's the only thing that's at the end of this rush is the (laughs) end. end. (laughs) So yeah, I don't know. It's something to think about. Um, I love that you brought this up, Tessa, and I love that we're able to have this conversation for this episode of Wisdom Wednesday. Is there anything else you want to share with everybody? Ooh, um, I don't, I think I'm good. I feel like I've I've got my shares out. Thank you for asking. <laughs> you got your shares out. Well, one final note for those of you that are still here listening to us, we are doing a book club for my book You Are Radically Loved. We're doing it once a month, first Friday of every month starting in May. So if you want to register, it's absolutely free. And you can read all about it in the link in the show notes of this specific podcast. I've been posting it on my Instagram as well. So be sure to check that out and join us for a fun discussion. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie on Instagram, at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter, at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.